Good morning. Good morning. Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful Northern Virginia. And I'm Alan, coming to you from the lovely and sunny greater Seattle metropolitan area. And this is Wrong Think Radio. This is our two-hour live show that we're bringing to you guys every single week uh, on Sundays, noon Eastern, uh, for you know those of you who haven't figured it out yet. Um, yeah, there's a lot to cover, but the first thing that we need to cover is uh, we're going to play... A little song we're gonna play a song for you are you ready for a song here it goes sure good morning i'm here to give you an update on the fbi's investigation of secretary clinton what i want to do is tell you what we're recommending but first let me tell you what we found 110 emails 52 email chains have been determined to contain classified information. What difference at this point does it make? Eight of those chains are top secret. 36 of those chains are secret. And eight contain confidential information. What difference at this point does it make? Everything I did was admitted. There was no law, no regulation. Secretary Clinton should have known that an unclassified system was no place for that conversation. I did not email any classified material to anyone on my email. None of these emails should have been on any kind of classified system, not even Gmail. But first of all, nothing was marked classified. To the contrary, nothing was marked classified. There is evidence that nothing was marked classified. Now let me tell you what we found. Oh my God. 110 emails. It was not the best choice. 52 email chains. It was a mistake. Have been determined to contain classified information. What difference at this point does it make? Eight of those chains were top secret. Wasn't the best choice. Six of those chains. I said it was a mistake. Eight contained confidential information. What difference at this point does it make? With respect to our recommendation, this is going to be an unusual statement in at least a couple of days. Although there is evidence, our judgment is that no reason. A prosecutor would bring such a case. <laughs> yeah, I think that that was uh, worthwhile to put out. <laughs> uh, you know that that puts everything into a perspective. While there's all of these discussions about supposedly classified information found at the Mar-a-Lago raid. Oh no! Yeah. Um, of course, we're going to be talking about that in the show. You know, we're going to be getting a little bit deeper into this, but. Um, great when somebody can kind of put it into an auto-tune song like that because it really, really, really encapsulates, uh, honestly, the timeline. I, I think that that's the, the neatest part about that is that it shows the timeline and how like insane everything was at that point. But at the same time, um, yeah, what, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll dive deeper into this a little bit later into the show and talk about you just there's so much to actually cover and it's such a damn mess um but we're gonna do our best to do it we're gonna do our best to bring it on um obviously live chat is up uh for those of you who want to join in and leave your comments there um i'm gonna do a real quick uh push uh for those of you who um 
are interested, uh, this is not a sponsor. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, this is an old uh, buddy of mine and Alan's uh, who's decided that he was going to start a coffee company. And so uh, I'm going to encourage all of you who want to support somebody who was in the military, donates to veterans uh, with uh, profits that are generated off of this coffee company, go over to one team, one coffee. It's a friend of ours. Uh, nothing said on this show <laughs> is uh, supported by that coffee company whatsoever. I'm going to say that for anybody who wants to go after some poor guy who's trying to start a coffee company with things we say on this show. They're not a sponsor. It's just a buddy of mine. And I actually do enjoy the coffee. So I'm going to push it as much as I can, um, you know, help a friend out. And actually, it is really good. So I'm just going to put that out there. But that's one team, one coffee. Uh, I highly recommend the cowboy blend. But, you know, you guys can do whatever you whatever you want there. So go help a buddy out and go check it out. Anyway, um, <clears throat> before we dive in to the raid stuff, which is going to take all the air out of the room, um, mm -hmm. I want to introduce you guys to the reception uh, that was received by uh, Anthony Fauci uh, when he came in to give the first pitch at the Seattle at a Seattle Mariners game uh, a couple of days ago. Um, let's, uh, this was on August 10th, but, uh, let, let's take a listen of how he was received in Seattle. There's booing, which is funny. But <laughs> Fauci was in Seattle um, to, as far as I know, um, break his own arm, patting himself on the back. Oh, uh, great! He, yeah, he he gave an interview, and uh, this is this is how this is how Dr. Fauci views himself. Here's the uh, here's the interview he did. It's called the Fauci effect, which is sort of like, you know, as trust me, I'm I, I don't get excited about that. <laughs> so it, it's it's the Fauci effect, guys. And the let, let's see if we can get medical school. There it's nice. Go. But I mean, it's it's I, I, people go to medical school now. People are interested in science. Not because of me, because people, most people don't know me, who I am. My friends know me, my wife knows me, but people don't know me. It's what I symbolize. And what I symbolize in, a, in an era of the normalization of untruths and lies and, and all the things you're seeing going on in society from January 6th to everything else that goes on, people the craving for consistency, for integrity, for truth, and for people caring about people. It's called the Fauci. First of all, nobody's ever heard of the Fauci effect. That was never a thing. No one has ever heard of this. Right. Also, hilariously and weirdly, you know, people are, well, first of all, you know, those of you who remember, Dr. Fauci said that he is science. Remember that. You know, he, he said that he is science. When you attack him, you're attacking science. So he's science. 
He's also apparently now truth. Is and, he? And people are craving truth. He is the um, truth, the way, and the light. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like like we've always we've always made the joke that this is a cult, but it's not funny. This is actually a cult. Like these people are actually a cult. And, you know, like we make the jokes about St. Fauci and stuff like that. But th there is a lot of truth to that. And, you know, yeah. he's like the Pope of, you know, the the Covidian church or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But the why branch Covidians, the branch Covidians? Yeah. Like, why would you why would you bring up January 6th? You know, oh, people are craving truth in January 6th. I mean. I know it was undate. It's undebatable for us. I know that our audience obviously knows this because they're very smart people. But we've been screaming this entire time about how politicized this is, about how uh, you know Fauci is nothing more than a political activist. And when he's sitting there talking about COVID and all this other health crap, and he's like, "Oh, you know, I I symbolize truth," and in a t in a time and place where things like January 6th happened. And so it just it yeah. it just gives it all away. What's hilarious is he says this and just a few days later after talking about consistency and truth and all this other nonsense, here's the new COVID-19 guidance from the CDC from NPR. Number 1, those exposed to the virus are no longer required to quarantine. Unvaccinated people now have the same guidance as vaccinated people. Students right. can stay in class after being exposed to the virus, and it's no longer recommended to screen those without symptoms. Well, well, thank God for that. I mean, yeah, I, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge fan of going back to normalcy and not, you know, being underneath the government boot for the flu. But I do have a very serious question, and that is, what changed? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. What changed? What suddenly changed to make the CDC drop all of this? Do, do you have any... Can, can you make any suppositions, Alan, on what may have changed? Uh, other than it became politically unpopular, no. I, I think that's exactly it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like that's the whole deal. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it brings up a very, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's not popular anymore. Now there is, uh, I didn't, I didn't pull any of this news, but there's a, I, I saw the weak attempt at suddenly trying to reignite some new crazy virus that's coming out of China. Oh, really? <clears throat> yeah. I wish I wish I would have pulled it, but you know the raid stuff happened and blew up my entire show prep for the entire week. Um, it's taken a lot of air out of the room. Um, but yeah, there's like uh, there were like a few people in China that supposedly uh, have died from some other virus that comes from animals. Uh, oh, let me see if I can pull it real quick. Oh lordy. Um, yeah, the, the, the Lingya virus, 
that's not real. That, that's a fake name. Yeah. Like, so, so it comes from like shrews or some nonsense. So this, oh, this is shrewpox. <laughs> this is from, this is from uh, CNN. New Langia virus found in China could be the tip of the iceberg for undiscovered pathogens, researchers say. Icebergs. More surveillance is needed of a new virus detected in dozens of people in eastern China that may not cause that may not cause the next pandemic, but suggest just how easily virus viruses can travel unnoticed from animals to humans, scientists say. The oh, virus, okay. dubbed Langia hen hennepavirus, infected nearly three dozen farmers and other residents, according to a team of scientists who believe it may have spread directly or indirectly to people from shrews, small mole-like mammals found in a wide variety of habitats. The oh. pathogen did not cause any reported deaths, but was detected in 35 unrelated fever patients in hospitals in Shandong and Hen Henan provinces between 2018 and 2021, the scientists wow. said. A finding in tune with longstanding warnings from scientists that animal viruses are regularly spilling undetected into people around the world. Oh, it's almost as if there's this thing called the human immune system that was designed specifically to deal with and counteract these things. Yeah. And, and we should just let it run its course and do its thing. Um, I don't like your crazy talk. I think it's very dangerous misinformation and unscientifically based. <laughs> My methods have become unsound is what you're trying to tell me. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is you're obviously, uh, I mean, quite obviously, um, an extremist, and you should probably be put on a watch list. <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I mean, actually, that is true. If, if we're being completely honest, I'm certain that talk like that would be considered extremism under you know, any of these kind of new guidelines and is probably destined to be suppressed. Yeah, no, certainly, certainly it's going to be. <clears throat> and, and that's the, um, that's the real damning part about this whole thing is, you know, obviously we see the government trying to start up disinformation boards. Um, there was a report that Twitter, you know, is, is standing up uh, to, Try to combat disinformation heading into the uh, midterm elections. And we all know what it's like when Twitter gets their grubby hands on information. Uh, disinformation is always defined as things that are bad for the Democrats. Right. I mean, it's simple as that. Everyone knows. And so now that Twitter is, you know, stating that they're going to fight, you know, election misinformation, it means that they're going to, of course, accidentally suppress plenty of candidates, you know, Twitter pages at opportune moments during messaging. Uh, you know, somebody finds if there's a scandal, uh, you're almost certain to hear that it's disinformation. It will be suppressed and then they'll go, oh my gosh, it turns out it was real. You know, like the Hunter Biden laptop. Much exactly like that. Yeah. And so this is, of course, uh, big tech meddling in the election. Now, how do we know? Uh, well, it's not just big tech. Sorry, it's big tech meddling in the election 
at the direction of the Democrat Party, possibly even at the direction of the Biden White House. Now, maybe that sounds a little crazy to some people. And maybe, you know, maybe they need to or, you know, maybe they think that we're, we're being hyperbolic. But how about I read to you some Slack messages? For those of you who don't know, Slack is collaboration software that's used in a lot of offices, loved by journalists, um, but it's messaging software. And there was a Slack private channel um, that was created uh, at the, uh, I'm sorry, which, which organization was this? Oh, it's from Twitter's internal Slack channel. Okay, so this is a Slack channel from inside Twitter. Um, and here's the messages. This is pertaining to a gentleman, former New York Times journalist named Alex Berenson, who's been routinely very skeptical about COVID uh, to the point where basically anybody who loved masks, loved the vaccines, regardless of their political stripe. There's even plenty of neocons that hate this guy uh, because he was constantly uh, sharing. Uh, April 22nd, 2021, how was the White House with a crossed fingers emoji? Response, overall pretty good. They had one really tough question about why Alex Berenson hasn't been kicked off from the platform. Otherwise, their questions were pointed but fair. And mercifully, we had answers. Pointed but fair, wow. Another question, JW, any high level takeaways from the meeting? Anything we should keep an eye out for? Response, thanks for clarifying. And yes, they really wanted to know about Alex Berenson. Andy Slavitt suggested they had seen data, uh, data viz that had showed he was the epicenter of disinfo that radiated outwards to the per, uh, pursue, pursuable public. Oh, dear. Well, that sounds... So like thing. you have the White House specific, which I've mentioned this, Alan's mentioned this, but uh, we've brought up that almost 99% of Democrat strategy comes from the fact that Democrats just sit on Twitter all day. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you all that, well, one, we've brought that up before, but look at this. Twitter executives go to the White House and the White House is saying, why haven't you banned that guy? Yeah. I mean, it seems minor when you kind of think about it. But the Biden White House is demanding certain users be removed from Twitter. And by the way, Alex Berenson ended up getting removed from Twitter. Yeah. Like, yes, we are going to get into the Mar-a-Lago raid. So I understand in comparison to things that have happened this week, this is smaller. <laughs> but and the, the, I guess the what it shows us is the, the, the way that the left perceives things. Because understand this, there's not a single person at Twitter that's like, hey, guys, isn't that a little messed up that the White House is telling us like, who to push off our platform. Isn't it weird that the white house is trying to get involved in our internal operations? Like 
you would think that these like, you know, anti Antifa shit libs would be like, isn't that fascism guys? But no. And it's because they're all on the same team. At the end of the right. day, there's no other principle for these people than I win, you lose. Mm -hmm. And so to them, it, and that's the other thing is, I mean, this is text, right? So we can't surmise a ton of emotion, but it seemed very much like, oh, mercifully, we had answers for the great White House. Oh, like that's not how America works. Corporations don't go in front of the president of the United States and are terrified over what the president says to them. It's the opposite. That was the entire foundation of this country is that the president is not the king. But the left right. will gladly take all of our history, all of that effort, everything that we have built and return it back to uh, a fiefdom. They will gladly do that and they will do it thinking that they're all doing the right thing because it's all about them winning. As long as, long as you know, progressivism works, it's okay if it's a dictatorship. Yeah. Now, speaking of the Biden White House and falling apart, there was a famous quote um, that came from Nancy Pelosi when they were talking about Obamacare. And when they were going to pass Obamacare, there was always the statement of, you'll have to pass it to see what's in it. And um, obviously they got roundly dragged for that, right? Right. Uh, weirdly enough, they they um, they kept doing that. that. That's the new thing. Corinne, uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre uh, was asked about the Inflation Reduction Act, which by the way, they're trying to go through a rebranding of that now. And she replied with, you're going to have to pass it to see what's in it. Which is utter, which is ridiculous. It's one of those that is so transparent. I kind of, it's one of those I want to say, we all know what's going on here. Yeah. And there's a, there's a deeper uh, point to be made to this. Um, Hey everybody, um, it appears my computer decided to crash, so let me know if you guys can still hear us. Sorry about that moment of silence there, but uh, we can't see any of the chats, so if anybody put anything in, uh, you know, do let me know. But yeah, everything's just kind of, we've got the whole blue screen of death and everything, and so uh, we're back on. If somebody in the chat could just let us know that you can hear us, that would be phenomenal. Um, anyway. So, um, no, what, what, what we were saying is like, what gets even worse when we talk about some of the stuff that was going on is, um, that the, oh, hang on. I'm going to get Alan on here real quick. Welcome back. Alan. I'm back. Everything's great. Yeah. I got the blue screen of death. That's bizarre. Yeah. It's super bizarre. I mean, not any more these days, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, um, but we're back and hopefully everyone can hear everything. Um, point is what we were saying is, uh, yeah. So 
what's more interesting about this whole Inflation Reduction Act, which, by the way, they're going through a name change. They're now trying to call it the Democrat uh, Climate Change and Healthcare Bill. Which is all but still ridiculous. Like yeah. Climate change is fake. Healthcare is just an excuse to splush money out of the tax base and launder it into your own, into the pockets of politicians. It's like, <laughs> it doesn't, it, it only fools people on the left. Right. Right. No, 100%. And, and to, to make matters even more crazy, we'll say, or whatnot, is so there's all of that, but 158 members of the House of Representatives voted by proxy. One of like this this bill, which conceivably, even by even by liberal groups, groups that are not conservative, groups that regularly crap all over anything said by uh, by Republicans. This could, yeah. this is going to increase inflation. This is going to result. I mean, first of all, this is the same bill that gives uh, 87,000 brand new IRS agents. Which is a, in, we were talking about this last night. That is a incredible number. Yeah. 87,000. I can't think of that many organizations, companies, anything that have that many in the realm of that many employees to begin with rather than adding that many 87,000 is larger than the Israeli army yeah it is a huge increase a un incredible increase and we talked about especially funding it the the budget was going from and correct me if I if I don't have these numbers correct in my head isn't the IRS budget to run their operations going from 12 billion dollars up to 80 billion dollars yes that's correct so the, the question is what justifies this the only reason you'd need you'd say oh we need to add all these more auditors is if you're not getting enough tax revenue because people are hiding it well the the question then becomes well how how are how is adding these 80 how's adding these 87,000 new employees which is going to cost 68 billion dollars so you're going to be bringing in more than 68 billion dollars in tax revenue for this to at all be r rational like the only rational reason you do this is like well we're going to add 87 thousand new irs agents and we're going to spend 68 billion more dollars every year to employ those people but you know we're going to be able to bring in a hundred billion more in tax revenue like other because if, if you're not if you're not increasing the amount of tax revenue you're bringing in then this is a complete waste of money not to say that the government isn't happy with wasting money but to <laughs> me that's what exposes this as absolutely ludicrous Mm -hmm. Like, what are they going to be working on? It seems like this is not an effort to increase the, to do anything positive with the IRS. This is an effort to absolutely to build essentially a political commissariat that will be used to ruin and inconvenience the lives of anybody that goes against the regime. Just like they did under the Obama administration with Lois Lerner, where they used the IRS to target conservative groups, to stymie conservative fundraising, 
during the midterms. Yeah. Do you know that's who... exactly what they did then? And that's exactly what they're going to do with this now. Do you know, do you know who one of the driving forces behind that was? Who? John McCain. Yeah, of course it was. Cause John McCain's a traitor. Yeah. A lot of people don't, um, uh, don't, don't realize that I'm, I'm going to see. Yeah. So, uh, this is, this is from way back in 2018 from the Washington times. McCain's office urged IRS to use audits as weapons uh, to destroy political advocacy groups. A new report from Judicial Watch reveals a concerted effort from Senator John McCain's office to urge the IRS under Lois Lerner to strike out against political advocacy groups, including Tea Party organizations. Thanks to the results of an, of an extensive Freedom of Information Act request that has been delayed for many years, Judicial Watch has obtained several key emails from 2013 that chronicle McCain's and Democrat Senator Carl Levin, Levin's uh, efforts to rein in the advocacy groups that sprouted immediately following the Citizens United decision from the Supreme Court. The documents uncovered by Judicial Watch include notes from a high-level meeting on April 30th, 2013, between powerful members of McCain's and Levin's staffs and Lerner, then director of tax-exempt organizations at the IRS under Barack Obama. The notes reveal the suggestions from McCain's former staff director and chief counsel on the Senate Homeland Security Permanent Subcommittee, Henry Kerner, who urges Lerner to use IRS audits on the advocacy groups to financially ruin them. In the full notes of an April 30th meeting, McCain's high-ranking staffer, Kerner, recommends harassing nonprofit groups until they are unable to continue operating. Kerner tells Lerner, this is hard to read, <laughs> Steve Miller, yeah. uh, Kerner tells Lerner, Steve Miller, then chief of staff to IRS commissioner uh, Nicole Flax and other IRS officials, quote, maybe the solution is to audit so many that it is financially ruinous, end quote. In response, in response, Lerner responded that, quote, it is her job to oversee it all, end quote. Yeah, so it's kind of clear this is exactly what the what the plan is the yeah, plan and, and is they've to done it cripple, before yeah exactly because they've done it before the plan is to cripple all of their it's to cripple their enemy's ability to rate to fundraise and then fund candidates through essentially tax manipulation yeah through tax manipulation. yeah yeah it's it's uh they they are going to um Think of it like in-kind contributions. You know, uh, there's the in-kind contribution, you know, like you 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 can contribute funds directly and then there's in-kind contributions where uh, it's one of the things that you have to be concerned about, um, you know, in, in media and stuff like that is, you know, you give a lot of coverage to certain candidates and whatever it, it can end up. They can try to rule that as an in-kind contribution. That was actually what the Citizens United uh, decision was about. People made a documentary about Hillary Clinton and how corrupt she was, and they tried to claim that as a in-kind political contribution, hilariously, to John McCain. Yeah. And it went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said the freedom of speech of a media group being able, like a, a, a media group, a, this is the way that they say it, a corporation has rights. That was how everybody did it. In reality, it was these filmmakers have a First Amendment right to not be harassed and be, uh, 
gone after for, quote, in-kind contributions because they're making a film that's bad for Hillary Clinton. That was the Citizens United decision. And it did, of course, because politics always finds a way to ruin everything. It created uh, political action committees. That was the idea. Political action committees then formed. Hilariously, a decision that was made to help, but basically on the side of John McCain, for lack of a better way to say it, because in reality, it was on the side of the Constitution. But um, he turns around and goes after the Tea Party. And this is an interesting thing. I don't want to dwell on this too much because we didn't really prep it or anything. But that's really when a lot of this stuff started. I mean, everybody, everybody knows, like during the Obama years, there was obviously a massive change in politics. There was a massive change in the country during the Obama years. The government grew to an insane amount and, and became far, far more uh, aggressive and oppressive under, uh, under Barack Obama. But yeah, part of it, too, is, you know, we had the term rhinos and the term neocon came out. Well, part of the reason why those things came out is because there was so much of an assault against, um, there was so much of an assault that went out against the Tea Party. And there's a reason why. This is the part that people don't understand. Trump was not, Trump didn't create a movement. Trump was a symptom of a movement. And that's not even a dig against Trump. That movement and the Tea Party and things like that were regular people. The the GOP didn't do this. Regular people got together and created grassroots organizations because they were pissed off. Yes, at Obama. Yes, at progressivism. But honestly, at Washington, D.C. itself, it was a reaction against the business as usual uniparty nonsense that we have suffered uh, arguably since the 1980s. Yeah. And people like John McCain hated it. And the reason why people like John McCain hated it is because when you get a grassroots group of regular Americans that are able to stand there and have a voice, people like John McCain can't survive that politically because his entire purpose in life was enriching himself, doing next to nothing and going along to get along because they were all kind of part of the same scheme. Yes. True. And they didn't want the filth. Oh, I don't want the filth in the Republican Party. Ew. I don't want regular Americans part of the ew. I just want to listen to what the Koch brothers say and my donors. Ew. I don't want to have to talk to normal Americans. They're smelly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's really what it is. It's it, it's a bunch of hicks. Sure, they love it when you go vote because somebody yelled Second Amendment and waved an American flag, but they don't actually want to listen to you. You're filth to these people. Well, yeah, pretty much. And mm -hmm. just look at how they react to a lot of these things. They they coordinate with Democrats. They, well, immigration, I think, is is a great example. It has been consistently an issue that Pete, that the vote the Republican voting base has wanted less immigration and to deal with the border. And Republicans don't care because they are beholden to interests that want cheap labor. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, and and no, and that's exactly it. Yeah, they want cheap labor. By the way, the Koch brothers purportedly are going to try and um, get uh, amnesty for illegal immigrants passed before the midterms. Great. So if you want to know who, what Republicans aren't on your side, it's the people who, well, and that's the other thing too, is that that's so hilarious is it, we're actually in a really good timeline right now because so many of the Washington DC elite, the swamp, uh, which I think it's uh, completely accurate to keep using that term. Uh, the swamp is so detached from regular America that they don't even realize when they signal how bad they are. Like we know who the garbage people are because they're too stupid to keep quiet. Yeah. Which is fascinating to me. They're absolutely too dumb to keep quiet. In fact, I, I, here, here's a really good example because I really want to get to this clip. Uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, who I, I'm going to say something. I'm going to think of how to phrase this without, without getting too many people upset. <laughs> More like um, cringe Jean-Pierre. Hey, oh, no, like she's the definition of diversity hire. I don't mean just because she's black and a lesbian. She's I mean. completely unqualified to do her job. It's. Trust me, I, I'm not against it uh, because it makes prepping for this show very easy. She sucks so bad that I consistently have too much content for this show because she sucks so bad. But this and is okay. A, when you say she sucks, what does yeah, she yeah, suck yeah. at? She's she, bad as a press secretary. Yeah, like she she can't spin, she can't lie, she just constantly has zero answers. Um. I mean, there, there's just, we play clips every single week of her mishandling something. I mean, we all know the Democrats lie. We all know that the, that the liberal media lies. The fact that she goes out there and she's like, I don't have an answer. I, 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 I'll have to get back to you on like basic stuff and, you know, just mishandling of things where people are like, Hey, you know, uh, Pelosi is going to be heading over to Taiwan. Uh, there's been a lot of threats made, um, you know, are you guys even concerned? And she's like, I'm not going to comment on theoreticals. It's like, dude, it's not a theoretical. They said that they would shoot down her plane. Like, are you an idiot? How, how do you not have a prepared statement for one of the biggest, like, diplomatic events that has occurred under this presidency? Yeah. That's what I mean by the fact that she sucks. So she's bad as a press. She's a she's bad as a press secretary. Yeah, she's terrible. Criticism. Okay. Yeah, but she wasn't hired because she was a good press secretary. She was hired because she's a black lesbian. Gross. They got to say, "Ooh, first historic achievement! My God, that's why." And that's how you get answers like this. Which, by the way, it is a blessing that she sucks this bad, because. She's so bad at this that she lets the cat out of the bag regularly. Here's her responding to Peter Ducey's very simple question about whether or not the administration's weaponizing the Justice Department. Here's her statement. Well, we're just not going to comment on the Department of Justice investigation. Okay, we're well, just we're just not going to comment are, on is that. Is this White House weaponizing the Justice Department and the FBI against, against political opponents? The president has been very clear uh, 
from before he was elected. Very clear on this. Hold on. It's Throughout his time in now. office. I, I heard the quote. We will be playing the quote tonight at 6 o'clock. Is this administration weaponizing the Justice Department and the FBI against political opponents? Peter, the president believes in the rule of law. The president believes in the independence of the Department that's, of Justice. That's a yes or no. Just no, that is, no, it's a yes or a no for you. I'm answering the question. You may not like it, but I'm answering the question. Okay. And I'm, no, no, I'm answering right, the question okay. and I'm telling you that we are not going to comment on a criminal investigation. The president has been very clear. I laid out what his thoughts were back on January 7th in 2021 about how he saw the Department of Justice. And I'm just going to leave it there. We're not going to comment from here, from this White House, on a criminal investigation that is currently happening. Oh. Incredible. Wow. And, and why? why? Why couldn't you just say no? Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I don't, you're going to have to help me here, Alan, because I can't, I, like, I don't understand. <laughs> Why couldn't you just say no? Why couldn't you just, no, of course not. And then just go on. You, you could have literally said, no, you could have even dismissed it because you guys, obviously you can't see the video. If you'd like to go see the video, uh, we've posted it up on Twitter, but, but you, in the video, you can see her getting annoyed. You can see her getting mad and angry over being asked this question. But her response is, she could have just went like, I know that that's a popular statement on Fox News, but, you know, President Biden is not weaponizing the Department of Justice. He believes in the rule of law. That's it. I don't, I don't, how can I do your job better than you? Right. This, this could have, could be so easy. So do, do you have any idea as to why she wouldn't answer that question? Even with a lie, because the, why, why would, why does she care? 90% of the people in that room are going to be like, cringe on Pierre. She's so brave. Like, I don't understand. I don't know. I mean, is it, it's either incompetence. She's like, she doesn't know how to answer these things correctly, or I don't know. <laughs> it's strange because you could say, okay, well, if say she does say a lie and then she gets caught in it, what's there's no ramification from being caught in that lie. Exactly, yeah. So unless she just doesn't want to give people the clip where, you know, on Tucker Carlson, then it's like, well, she said that that's absolutely not happening, but here it is. Maybe that's the focus. It's hard to tell with these people. Yeah, which is weird because it's a far better clip to be like, Biden press secretary refuses to answer whether he's weaponizing the DOJ. Yeah, like, that almost is more incriminating than just lying. <laughs> I, 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 I just... I can't like what the hell just happened. <laughs> so I, uh, it, 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 it wildly, wildly strange. Now, of course, this question was because there was a raid on, you know, Donald Trump's home, Mar-a-Lago in Florida, uh, undertaken by the FBI. 
And yeah. I know that our audience has been inundated with information here. Um, so, you know, so we don't need to necessarily recap stuff that's been covered everywhere else. But I just, I don't think that there's a way back. And that, that's the first thing that, that I'm going to say is I don't think that there's a way back. Um, it is undeniable that this was a politically motivated operation. It makes zero sense. Uh, like, like when you look at the timeline, when you look at anything that's been discussed so far, the Department of Justice lawyers, FBI agents were in Mar-a-Lago in June. They were discussing this exact supposed, this is the whole thing, the supposed reason of why they were there. We've seen the warrant. They've talked about documents, possible classified, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, some of it had to do with the National Archives. Some of it had to do with other stuff. You can't have the Department of Justice and FBI agents in Mar-a-Lago in June then suddenly have the DOJ turn around and say, we were super concerned that a crime was being committed, so much so we had to raid Mar-a-Lago when you were there two months ago. You just, it just, it. I, I understand that I'm trying to rationalize something that's very obviously, like we all know what this was, but they didn't think this through at all. And so what we have to do is look at the timing and ask why did they do this now? Because obviously none of the statements make sense. So the point I'm making here is this was, we all know, politically motivated. For some reason, Joe Biden, and I mean that by the way, and I'll get to that in a second. For some reason, Joe Biden and the Democrats think that right now they need to strike Trump with a weaponized Department of Justice. The question is, is why now? We know that they want to get him. They want to get him on anything. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter. They need to get Trump. This is like their entire existence is about getting this guy, which is one of the weirdest things as somebody on the right, as somebody who supported Trump. I'm telling you, this was a major miscalculation on behalf of the Democrats and on the left because I don't know why Trump poses such a huge threat to them. I'm going to pause for a second and let Alan wrangle this because my mind's all muddy and crazy with just everything about sure. this. Sure. <clears throat> so they clearly want to make it so Trump can't run in 2024. Mm -hmm. That's the that's their big goal. And but think back to when Trump was actually in office. There's something about Trump having political having control of political power that makes these people very, very afraid, that, that they are willing to expend so much effort, energy, and political capital to make sure Trump is can't do what he wants to do and is forced out of power and kept away from any levers of power and responsibility. And it's hard to really understand what that is because you could say, well, he's just president. I mean, you could have control of Congress, you could do these things. Why is this so important? And you have to almost become somewhat of a conspiracy theorist to look at this and go, well, the way they're acting is so far outside the norm of what we would expect based on what I know that there has to be some secret that the Democrats have 
along with their rhino counterparts, that they want to keep a secret that Trump threatens. Now, maybe that's simply they're essentially running a grift that is manipulating the U.S. government in a way that is anti-democratic and against the will of the people of the United States, and they're all coordinating to defraud us, and Trump threatens that game. That seems somewhat reasonable, but at the same time, why would you be going after him now unless you're terrified he's going to run in 2024? But again, this could all be moderated by not being so terrible that you open yourselves up to Trump running in 2024. It's like they are intentional. And Maybe that's it. Look at the Biden administration. Everyone, when I say everyone, maybe, it was known in a lot of circles amongst a lot of people that when Biden was elected, the state of the country then was, we are coming out of these pandemic lockdowns. There is a lot of economic uncertainty. We're having all these supply chain shortages. There's a lot of chaos right now. And what any rational and reasonable administration should be doing is pursuing a course of stability and prosperity because we're we're coming out of all this chaos oh no and they should have said, okay we're gonna just not touch the energy sector we're gonna let energy be cheap we're gonna let the economy rebound we're going to get things stable again before so that things don't totally collapse and then they did the opposite they 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 have done nothing but make things drastically worse and way more chaotic and way more awful. They're pushing us towards collapse and it almost seems like that's intentional. And that's crazy. So maybe, maybe that's the point. Maybe they are trying, they see this as their opportunity that out of the chaos of COVID and all these other things, they are going to get a chance to launch their great reset, push the United States and the world through this period of utter chaos, make it as bad as possible to give them a free hand to reform and restructure things as they see fit. And they look at having someone like Trump in charge as, as an obstacle to that. Like the goal is not to make things better. The goal is to make things so bad that they get to remake the, the world in their image. And Trump mu must stand in the way of that somehow. That, that he is going to get into office, buoyed by popular support, and go, no, we're not enacting the Great Reset. We are not enslaving the populace. We are not pushing forward social credit scores and all this other nonsense that these people want. We are going to pursue a path of sovereignty and prosperity. That seems like that's the only real option, is that Trump stands in the way of much bigger plans that has a hinge point in essentially defeating the separation of powers in the United States government. That if Trump is president, he can block things that they wanna do. He can stop them from weaponizing the executive branch against normal Americans who, would who are going to disagree with all of their nefarious plans. They need, a, they need to have captured the executive branch to push through things that we don't want, that are going to be unpopular and that are going to cause a, a lot of pushback. And I think that's maybe, so maybe there's two, two reasons here. There's the threat of a non-friendly actor as president, and that seems very high. Then there also seems to be something specifically about Trump. Why is Trump so threatening? I can see it as, Trump is threatening because he's not bought off. He's outside the game. 
he does he plays by rules that are his own and he's not bought off by the system he's not controlled that seems likely because that would be threatening but then potentially there's more whereas he's not controlled and he's going to be incredibly vengeful when he finds out what we're doing he's going to act strongly to oppose it and i think it's the combination of both all of those things trump represents an existential threat because he is someone that has enough power influence and i guess vitality to be a functional figurehead for resistance that would could actually stop their plans from being achieved and he especially now has every reason to do so it's it's so weird um because so on the same day on monday when when the raid happened and the news broke before the news had broke i posted a tweet where uh because i had a friend of mine ask like what would be the perfect scenario for 2024 in your opinion and i thought about it right and i was trying to think like okay what would be the perfect scenario not just for like my own preference but like what would be the scenario that would trip the left up so bad, make it basically impossible for them and, and ensure a win of the presidency in 2024? And I said that that scenario is Trump continues to tease 2024. The left keeps like unhingedly screeching about it, going after him, whatever, because that was the whole point of, of the January 6th committee. The January 6th committee has zero to do with anything except for get Trump so he can't run in 2024. They've honestly said that out loud. Um, and I was like, so this happens. It goes through the entire season. You know, the left is hyper-focused on Donald Trump, terrified that he's going to run again. And then Ron DeSantis declares his candidacy and Trump endorses him. Mm-hmm. Because... The left spends all their energy and everything on going after Trump that they can't prepare to go after Ron DeSantis. That's not because I like Ron DeSantis more. I was merely saying that this would be like the most successful, almost kind of a 4D chess sort of move. That's now changed because of this raid. Because now... When I look at the chips, and I think when a lot of people look at the chips, you know, on the table, they go, okay, well now, like, we have to elect Donald Trump because this is really bad. And who's going to be the person? It's not that, don't get me wrong. It's not that Ron DeSantis or any other candidate, it's not that they wouldn't also be focused on this, but there's a difference when it's the person who is literally being persecuted vice a person who's like, well, that was pretty bad. I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like no, so mostly. Why would you ever nominate anyone but Donald Trump? Who would stand the greatest chance of winning? Who has the most ammunition to use to fundraise and to get votes? Well, it's, I mean, Trump. Yeah, it's 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 not only that, but also who's actually? I mean, because we're, we've been promised change for decades by by Republicans. But the guy who's basically been screwed with for six years, that guy's going to change some stuff because he's mad. Honestly, a lot of Amer- well, a lot of Americans, current Trump supporters, are going to vote for Trump because they want the Trump vengeance. A lot of other people who may not have supported Trump, may not have voted, are going to support Trump because of how 
be, well, because they're going to see how effed up everything is. And they already have the comparison. They're like, it wasn't this bad under Trump. I know a lot of people hated him. I heard a lot of my friends complain about him. Everything went to shit under Biden. The economy went to shit. Law enforcement's being wildly weaponized, which by the way, think about that. Think about all the social capital that was built by the Democrats about how evil and terrible and awful law enforcement is. And then they literally did a 180 and go, well, I mean, it's okay. Like, it's okay that they kicked down the door at Mar-a-Lago and are going through all of Trump's records and all this other nonsense. It's okay that, that law enforcement does that. Back the blue, I guess. Like, I guess Democrats now back the blue when they can weaponize them. There's not a single American that doesn't look at that and go, oh, so the, the government, the people in power, because that is the Democrat Party, it's, oh, the Democrat Party was only against law enforcement when they couldn't use it as their own weapon. Yeah. And there are zero people in the United States that want law enforcement to be a weapon of the government. I mean, out, outside the way that it already kind of is. Like, we all understand that. But even, even the most diehard, like, back-the-blue people in the GOP didn't support the FBI through the Trump presidency because it was part of the deep state. Right. And there was a reason. Like, oh, sure. sure. It, 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 it's just, it, it, people can, like, the media is going to attempt to do this whole, you know, dance around where they're going to be like, look at how hypocritical the Republicans are. They used to back law enforcement and see how they're treating the poor FBI. Zero people buy that. Like Trump has consistently bitched about the FBI the entire time he was the president of the United States. That was like normal. Yeah. We talked about how James Comey was a complete piece of crap. Mueller was part of the investigation, the, the Russiagate investigation that was a total failure. And, and at the same time, the FBI spied on Trump. So like everybody in MAGAverse was like, no, the FBI's garbage. They're part of the deep state. And all of the, you know, and now, but now you're going to have all of these Democrats and liberals in the media be like, I thought you backed the blue. The only thing that that's going to result in is all of these people that were supporting the Democrat party that were concerned about law enforcement, that were like putting their fists up in the air for black lives matter are going to go like, well, wait a minute. I thought you didn't though. Which is going to be really interesting. Like, how how are the Black Lives Matter activists who burned down cities in 2020, you know, all basically to um, intimidate people into voting for Joe Biden? Um, how are they reacting right now when suddenly it looks like all Democrats love law enforcement? Good question. I mean... It's a little weird, right? It it seems like that would agitate a lot of people because let's well, we all knew it, but there there's probably a lot of activists that were like, "Oh god damn it, we were all political pawns the entire time." It was like, "Yeah." The entire point of these movements, 
Black Lives Matter, Antifa, all of this stuff was to make it look like America was falling apart because Donald Trump was in office. Yeah. That's that's part of the game, by the way. They agitate a bunch of people. They get them out in the streets. They get them mad. They get them burning stuff down. They get them assaulting people. And they go, see what happens. See what happens, guys. It would be so much better if you voted for us. Isn't it so bad? And I'm saying this because yeah. the next time that there's a Republican president, if there's a next time, I'm going to get to that in a second. If there's a next time, they're going to do the same thing. They will have cities on fire and they will say, look at what America looks like under so-and-so's leadership. Oh my gosh. I know. And it's, it's basically, it's a action reaction. It's create a crisis and then be the ones that can solve that crisis. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of the Inflation Reduction Act is to make Americans extremely poor. By the way, so real quick. Uh, not to get off topic here, but the entire reason why they passed the Inflation Reduction Act now, which is going to increase inflation, it's going to damage the economy, but it's going to take months to do it. And it's going to take months to do it. And Republicans will have taken the House, maybe even the Senate, who knows? But Republicans are going to sweep uh, the midterms. And then Democrats are going to turn around and blame Republicans for all of the fallout of this bill that was exclusively voted for <laughs> by Democrats. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's no, that's exactly, exactly what's, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And the after effects will happen even more in 2024. The economy will be extremely damaged. It'll be extremely weak. And Democrats will literally turn around and say, see what happened to Trump's economy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Now, back to what we were talking about here. So, I'm trying to figure out how to really present everything with this raid without going down too many rabbit holes. But let's start at one main point. When the raid occurred, Trump's lawyers were not allowed to be in view of what they were taking. And the DOJ demanded that surveillance cameras were shut off, which is bananas to me. That's yeah, that is pretty weird. It, it's right? completely insane. They wanted zero documentation of any of it. Now, the staff at Mar-a-Lago refused to shut off the cameras. So hilariously, the DOJ has subpoenaed the last 60 days of surveillance footage from Mar-a-Lago. What that does is it now makes it basically, it it basically puts it under a legal order. It actually makes it illegal for Donald Trump to post any of it. He can't reveal any of the surveillance footage because if he puts it out, it's obstruction of justice. How convenient. Yeah. Pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Pretty at, smart indeed. Now, at the same time, everything in this warrant is extremely broad to the point where you could literally interpret the warrant as they were looking for anything and everything that Donald Trump had touched in his four years as president. 
Right. So the question is, why? What are they looking for? What the hell are they looking for? This is a really interesting question. We talked about this. Is There's a lot of different... We had multiple theories on this. My theory is that they were looking for something specific. This You don't go into this just as like a as you called it, a fishing expedition. This is so politically inflammatory mm-hmm. and has such high potential to backfire that I I can't imagine they would go into this without at least a very good sense that they were going to be covered with, when that they were going to be covered by some sort of extraordinary find. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and I would back that up with saying, a lot of these bureaucrats at the FBI, all of these officers in the FBI, these people are very political. You don't get to be a higher up in any big government organization without playing a good bit of politics and playing off what are good for your career, what is bad for your career. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just start with that. If the FBI raids the house of a former president that is supported by a huge swath of the population with a whole bunch of of at least on paper um sympathetic congressmen and senators if you do that for absolutely no nothing to show for it that would be bad for your career as a bureaucrat in the fbi if you do that and you produce something that is what could be considered worth it then that could be good for your career as the FBI. So the only way all of these people in the FBI would sign off on doing this is if it was going to be better for their careers than if it was going than if it was going to hurt their careers. Now, even if we would we acknowledge all of these people are Democrats, we, they Democrats think they have unfettered power, etc. It still seems like it still seems too ridiculous for them to be this blatant about targeting political opponents without at least the insurance policy of, well, we are going to have something to show for it later because there's a reasonable expectation we have that we're going to find something so incriminating that it will stifle any opposition to this raid. Now, so I think they were look. I think that it is ridiculous to think that they were going without an idea that they were going to find something, which to me then means they thought that they were going to find something. They had intelligence that they were going to find something highly inflammatory that they could use to criminal to justify the raid and justify the political cost of mounting this, because this had to go through the executive branch. The, the White House would have to have been coordinated with. Probably the Democrat National Convention would have to have been coordinated with because the political fallout of doing this was is so high. So, the, for example, if the, the Democrat National Convention, somebody there has to have their has to be thinking at least a little bit and would look at this and go, wait, you can't just raid the president of the, the former president of the United States that all of our opposition might vote for in 2024. You will hand them a giant victory if you do this and don't have anything to show for it. So the FBI must have been able to make a convincing argument to their own bosses that this was justified because they were going to find something that was worth the risk. So what would be worth the risk for the FBI to, to do this 
it would be something deeply incriminating. Okay, but that means then they're going for a specific thing, but clearly they didn't find it because if they found something incriminating enough to justify this raid, we would know about it right now. It would have been leaked and it would be used right now on every news channel to stifle opposition to this raid, to shut it down. Because they would say, well, all of these Republicans are gonna be really pissed about this. We will then be able to stifle all of that dissent and get everyone talking about the kitty porn on Trump's laptop. But there's nothing, we haven't heard anything specific. And that to me almost proves that they didn't find what they were going to look, that what they were looking for. They didn't find the thing that they justified this with. Yeah. Well, it, it, yeah, I, I, I mean, I definitely there, there is, there is some credence that that has that has to be given to the idea of, you know, they didn't find anything because if they had, we would know about it. We, we already saw the FBI leak to the New York Times and the Washington Post. They've already leaked to them. In fact, um, I would say these people already knew uh, it was leaked to them that the raid was going to occur because the same morning, the very same morning that this raid happened, um, they had, uh, there were several different news outlets that picked up, I believe it was the Washington Post that put it out there. Um, there's a book that was written by Maggie Hagerman that had pictures purportedly of handwritten notes by Donald Trump that he was flushing down the toilets and in, in parts of the White House the very same day that this raid occurred. Yeah. There, there are no coincidences with the liberal media and their collusion with the Democrat Party. The FBI tipped off the news media. That happened. Sure. Then, so, and we went, by the way, days. A former president of the United States raided by the FBI, and we went days without a statement from the FBI director and without a statement from the Attorney General of the United States. Days without a statement. but. There were leaks to the news media, leaks to the news media claiming, you know, what was it? Nuclear weapon material. Oh, geez. He was probably selling it to the Russians or the Saudis, or he was giving it to, uh, 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 oh crap. Who was it? There, there was a hilarious claim that he was, uh, that he, he was, uh, giving it to somebody to give to Putin, which by the way is, is crazy because they're, they're literally just playing. It's the same card. It's, right. oh, it's Russia. Oh, it's collusion. It, it, and it's insanity, <clears throat> which by the way, this is the, uh, the left really loves to play on Americans ignorance and, and lack of understanding of like basic processes. So real quick, I just want to remind everybody, Donald Trump is the former president of the United States of America, and he currently still holds a security clearance. He still holds a top secret security clearance. Additionally, presidential residences have a secured compartmentalized information facility known as a SCIF. Those right. exist in presidential residences because they still have clearances and sometimes they still access information. Additionally, the president of the United States and former presidents of the United States have a secret service detail. That secret service detail is in fact, federal agents, 
Every single one of those people is a federal agent, which requires them to several different things to include reporting a crime. They are federal agents first, and then part of a protective detail second. Though the fact that the Secret Service is there also means the Secret Service will maintain a secured compartmentalized information facility or SCIF on the premises because they will communicate on classified channels. What I'm telling you is there are plenty of places for classified information to exist in a presidential residence that is perfectly legal, perfectly under like perfectly understandable, perfectly secure. Additionally, the president of the United States is a classification authority who has the power to declassify information. Any information, by the way. Does that would that be still? No. That's the problem, right? It's not, it's not that Trump can just wave his hand and say, well, that's declassified now. It, sure. And, but, but this is how they're going to muddy the water. Trump would have had to say, Trump would have had to have declassified the documents that he was bringing. That, by the way, normal procedure. So mm-hmm. when Donald Trump's getting ready to leave the White House, he decides the things that he wants to take with him. There are things that go over to the National Archives. There's a lot of stuff that goes to the National Archives. It gets documented, and then it gets sent, by the way, to the President of the United States for them to then put in their presidential library. That's normal. That's perfectly normal. Okay. Um, what Trump likely did, I don't know this for a fact, but what he likely did was have a memorandum saying, this is the kind of stuff I want collected. This is the stuff I want brought to Mar-a-Lago. Uh, box it up. Anything that uh, falls under this is declassified. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm declassifying any of these documents. I want to take them with me. And by the way, it's not like Trump boxed any of this up. That's the that's the funnier part and that, that, that this needs to be reiterated. Because regardless of all of this hand-wringing and, and rationalizing for a completely unprecedented raid, Donald Trump didn't put anything in a box. He put zero things in a box. Sure. The President of the United States does not pack his own boxes. Okay. Because that's, that's yeah. what they're going to try to claim. Donald Trump took all this top-secret information and shoved it in a box and stole it. He put zero things in a box. Donald Trump was not sitting there packing his own boxes. The fact that there was that little of critical thinking to me suggests that none of this is aimed at any actual legal anything. This entire point was to gin up Democrats. The only people who buy this nonsense are the Democrat base that are already outraged about Trump and just needed another dopamine hit so they can scream on the internet. Because none of this makes, it makes zero sense about anything legally. There's all, like, this was so poorly planned, poorly executed, completely insane, that the only analysis that I can, the only conclusion I can come to from my analysis is this entire activity was meant to gin up Democrats. I think that's a reasonable assumption, yes. Because this isn't going to stick leg- legally at all. There's zero way that this actually sticks. But th- I don't think that that's the point. 
I think the point is to have the shroud over Donald Trump's head of another investigation, A, in hopes that he's not going to declare his candidacy, although I think it's inevitable now, um, B, so throughout his entire candidacy, they can say, the walls are closing in. They're closing in, guys. Oh, the walls are closing in. And I think the final effort for this is Trump runs. They try to get him out of the primaries by the shroud of uncertainty. Maybe that doesn't work. Donald Trump becomes the candidate. Then Joe Biden shills and screeches and whatever about him being under investigation. And that's why he shouldn't be president, blah, blah, blah. That probably doesn't stick because those things never do. And Trump hilariously will twist it around and talk about Hunter and business dealings and all of these other Democrats that have gotten away with stuff. Donald Trump then gets elected president. Right. The entire Democrat party will refuse to certify the election by claiming that Donald Trump was indicted and therefore cannot be president of the United States, which by the way, isn't true. Sure. That is 100% not true because the Constitution says who can be the president of the United States. And there are very few rules. It's like you have to be 35. You have to you know, be a U.S. citizen. You have to have lived in the country for – you have to have been in the country for 14 years. That kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't say anything. There, there's a congressional thing that says if you've committed a felony, you can't, you, you know, you can't hold office. But that doesn't supersede the Constitution. The Democrats right. will refuse to certify the election. It will then get thrown to the Supreme Court where they hope that riots in the streets will make John Roberts a pussy again, just like what happened uh, with January 6th and uh, investigating the election. They will hope that it will make John Roberts a pussy again, and they'll be able to pressure the Supreme Court to nullify the election. I think that's the entire game plan. I get that. Yeah. And uh, now that that does that going to work. Say again. I just don't think it's going to work. Well, I, I, no, no, I totally understand. But like, yeah, like Russia Gate didn't work, but they were pretty, pretty up on that. They they thought they thought they had that one in the bag. True. I mean, they're evil, but they're not smart. Right. We're talking about is why would the FBI do this? What were they thinking to find? I have a theory, and it might be a little bit of a stretch. But do, do me a favor, yes. share your theory. I'm I'm gonna take the headphones out and have the speakers on, but I'm gonna grab coffee, so I'll be able to hear you. Okay. But I'm not gonna okay. be behind the mic. <laughs> Thank <That's> you. <laughs> so I have a theory, and my theory is as follows. So. I know I acknowledge this is a little I don't have anything to prove this. We'll start there. But not that I necessarily think it needs to be totally proved. So the FBI was going for something specific that they then didn't find. Why would that be? So if the FBI thought they were going to get something so incriminating they could justify this to their bosses, justify the risk of this to their bosses. But then that thing, they wasn't they didn't find that thing. It means either, either A, they are doing a great job of keeping it under wraps, which is possible. However, I think it's unlikely because the news media would be reporting it. All of these Democrat activists would be reporting it. They would be leaking it out, and they would be using that right now instead of the very bad 
lot narratives they're taking on this. I see a lot of Democrat activists basically saying like, and news outlets saying like, yeah, but her emails, this is just like Hillary Clinton, which is a terrible line to take and they know it. If they had something more concrete, like see Donald Trump as a threat to national security, and that where there is concrete evidence of that, they would be leaking that right now because that is a better narrative than to try and do this confusing, but you know, what about Hillary Clinton sort of thing. So I think I can safely assume there's a pretty good chance the FBI was going there for something specific, but they didn't find that thing. Why wouldn't they find it? What if it was a setup? I know that Democrats are ridiculous, that all of these people in the government, in this sort of the deep state, this, these bureaucracies, the Democrat Party, the media, all collude together and did the entire time he was president and haven't stopped to try and ruin Donald Trump. They are frothing at the mouth to do that. And that is a, there's no, no arguing that. If they got some bit of intelligence that said Donald Trump has this super incriminating thing, how much investigation and effort would they spend authenticating that rather than just going for it because they, they couldn't resist? So if you were Donald Trump, how hard would it be to get the FBI to raid you? It would be the easiest thing in the world. It would be the easiest thing in the world. All you need, so the, one of the ways they, they did this is supposedly there was a, a source inside the Trump, the Trump household or the Trump whatever. There was a, the FBI used a human source that said they, that tipped them off to this raid. It was a tip, which honestly, I, probably it was there was a SIGINT intercept. It was means they probably had tapped his phones because a lot of times a SIGINT source will get uh, covered by saying it's a human agent because then no one looks and you can keep your SIGINT source secret and uncompromised. The problem is it also could have been illegal. So if the, say the NSA was illegally wiretapping Donald Trump and then, and he then knew it, then it would be easy for him to basically let slip. I have uh, all the secret nuclear codes on my laptop. Ha ha. And then the FBI could say, oh, we can totally get him, but we can't admit that. We have to find these things before we admit this because we are illegally wiretapping his house. Uh, would the NSA be doing that? Well, remember when Donald Trump was running and first became president, one of the main, one of the people on his staff was, Ad, was Admiral Rogers, who was the head of the NSA, who I believe left the NSA to go work on his campaign. And it was only after Admiral Rogers joined the Trump team that the Trump team found out that the, the Trump Tower was being secretly wiretapped by the FBI and moved the, all the headquarters of the campaign out of Trump Tower. So what does that tell us? That means that Donald Trump has a has allies in the say deep state. Admiral Rogers is at least one. Let's just go with that one. Admiral Rogers, former head of the NSA, is a Trump ally. You don't become an admiral, you don't become a general, you don't become a top bureaucrat in the DOD without having a very large network of friends. That's entirely how you get promoted to those heights. It's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Just like any big corporation. 
So if you got to be the chief executive of any of these big organizations, you have a huge list of people that you trust, people that you work with. You have a big reputation. You know the reputation of all these other people. It's all about networking at that point. It is not ridiculous. I don't think it is a ridiculous leap of logic to say Admiral Trump and is friends with Admiral Rogers. Admiral Rogers knows a bunch of other generals, admirals, officers, et cetera, in the NSA and possibly the rest of the DOD, because you'd have to by dint of his position. You would know a lot of other very powerful people. It is not, I think, ridiculous to then think that there is a some sort of back channel between the goings on behind closed doors within the NSA and the rest of the DOD. And we're going to say silo that away for one. We're not going to say the FBI necessarily, but within the people that would be wiretapping someone, i.e. the NSA, I don't think it's ridiculous to think there is a back channel between, say, officers that are friends with Admiral Rogers and Admiral Rogers that's friends with Trump. To notify Trump that there is a SIGINT, a secret SIGINT operation listening in on his house, for example, just for example. And then Trump to go, I know, all I have to do is bait them in, then I basically win 2024. Because this has been, I think this is one of the best things to happen to Trump since he left office. His base is furious. He has the complete moral authority to run and probably win. Like he, this is this is great for him. I think it is at least possible it's a setup. Now, before it seems like, oh, it's 40 chance. It's not that, the thing is, it's not that hard. It requires maybe five people. All it requires is some friendly officer high up in the NSA that's friends with Admiral Rogers and possibly connected them to Trump to pass on some information saying, hey, uh, they're illegally wiretapping Mar-a-Lago. And then, which because we know they illegally wiretapped Trump Tower, they, they illegally wiretapped Trump, the Trump campaign. It's, that's not outside the realm of possibility. So all it takes is one guy to say, hey, they're illegally wiretapping Mar-a-Lago. And Trump to go, I can bait them in by letting some conversation slip. And because they're illegally wiretapping me, they can never admit to how they got this information. They have to find something. And what if that thing is nowhere to be found? Then the, I have just mass, set up the FBI to massively embarrass themselves. And now I have assured that I all but assured that I can win in 2024, or at least I can build a lot of momentum and ride that wave into the nomination. It, this is so beneficial to Donald Trump that the, uh, the idea that he could have baited them into doing this has to at least be considered because it wouldn't be that hard and wouldn't require any sort of great conspiracy to do this. All it would be would just be Trump either because he knew he was being wire, secretly wiretapped, or even if the, if the story of it's a human source, a, a turncoat within the Trump organization leaks something to the FBI, that's also super easy for Trump to organize. Just mm -hmm. be like, hey, aid, you know, guy who runs my, guy who collects my mail, I'll give you $100,000 if you just like mention, call the FBI and say I have some secret data on a computer in my house. Right. That's super easy for him to do too. So it would it takes almost it would have taken almost nothing for Trump to set this up. We know his opponents are insane and we know that they couldn't help themselves seeing such a juicy attempt 
to embarrass him and keep him from running in 2024, that they would absolutely fall for that, fall for, for any bait that he put out. So I, I just that's a theory. Again, it's, I can't prove it necessarily, but it seems very likely because I can't think of any reason because it fits all the data. It, it, that would make sense. The, the FBI being set up to do this raid by Trump makes sense why they would do this, why they would take this risk, and also why they wouldn't find anything. I don't know. That's a, mostly those are the two pieces that need, that, are, that need to be considered, is why they would take this huge risk, why they would feel uh, comfortable taking this risk, but also why they didn't seem to find anything, why they were taking cocktail napkins and rifling through Melania's closet. Because they probably got there and went, oh, the thing that we were, the, the laptop in the skiff we were supposed to find isn't here? Oh, we now have to have something to show for this. Like, find something, find something, find something. So anyway, that's just, anyway, Aaron, what are your thoughts? Do you think there's any credence to the idea that this was a setup by Team Trump to lure the FBI into doing something that would benefit him politically? I mean, God, I hope so. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> because yeah. because what's what's the other option that we have? Like, what's what's the other explanation for this? Either the Department of Justice fell for a trap uh, that was set up by Team Trump. Now they were illegally spying on Trump. Um, you know, so let, let's just start there. So that's already bad enough. But then he knows about it and he sets them up to make asses out of them. Um, right. That's a better situation. Um, then the guy who lost his Supreme Court nomination because Donald Trump was elected um, and the president Eric of Garland. the United States who likely stole an election uh, and is uh, failing horribly decided, uh, got together and decided to go after his most likely opponent in 2024 with uh the federal law enforcement yeah that seems a little thin that that well that that's way that's a far worse situation than yeah. the the fbi got caught with their pants down now i will say i i very much like the concept that this was the results of a sigint intercept mm -hmm. uh signals intelligence i.e a wiretap however you guys want to phrase it it's a signals intelligence intercept um, which regularly will be uh, classified down and claimed that it came from a confidential human source. Uh, that's normal sure. because uh, intercepts are top secret and confidential human sources are secret. Wider dissemination. That's how intelligence works. Um, right. They are always going to claim it's a confidential human source. That doesn't always mean it's not a signals intelligence intercept. By the way, real quick, I do have to say this because it's hilarious. Dose on our chat says maybe he, it was all set up. Uh, maybe he set it all up to use the FBI as cheap labor to get rid of a bunch of shit that was taking up space. That actually is a really good one. I like that a lot. That's hilarious. So, mm. Now, um, I... This isn't 4D chess. People like to roll their eyes. But basically, there are people that are on our side, basically, um, that get really upset at any suggestion that Trump's intelligent. Sure. That's when, oh, it's not 4D chess. Ugh, trust the plan. Come on, guys. This isn't that hard. And like Alan said, 
It's not even 4D chess. It's just, uh, do you think the Democrats are spying on you? Oh, you mean like they did last time? Uh, most assuredly. Most assuredly, they are spying on me. Man, that's uh, insane. Uh, what can we do to uh, like screw with them and then make your like candidacy look awesome? Um, I'm going to make a phone call to somebody random and talk about these documents that yeah. don't exist. And then uh, they're not going to be able to help themselves, but attack me and yep. make See, asses exactly. of themselves. It's not that It'd hard. Be so easy. It would be so easy to bait them into doing this. I have to at least wonder yeah. if that happened. Yeah. I, it, 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 this is absolutely something that needs to be considered. It would be awesome and hilarious. To be fair, though, um, it would be better in the long run if they did this on their own. If they were baited by Trump, it's funny, um, but less people uh, get in trouble. Because then they're like, well, we thought what we were doing was legitimate. We just happened to be spying on Trump. Um, <clears throat> and that's such a weird thing is like they put the entire credibility of the Federal Bureau of Investigation and the Department of Justice on the line for this. Yeah. What, what amounts to basically nonsense. Yeah. Which yeah, real, real weird. Kind of, kind of goes into the the other part of what I want to discuss today. This is how the Democrat Party would act if they thought they were never going to lose an election again. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't say that flippantly. I don't mean that. Like, wow, how dumb are they acting like they're never going to lose an election election again? I'm saying that in a fearful way of. It's a little scary that they're acting like this because the only reason why you'd be this brazen is because you never thought you'd be held accountable because you'd never lose an election, which means you don't plan on ever losing an election again. Right. Right. Which is worrying. Like I, I feel like that's the only way you would get these kinds of people on board. Don't worry, we're never going to be investigated for it. No one's ever going to get in trouble. And then they go, well, but like if someone's like if if Trump or DeSantis are elected president, like we're they're absolutely going to come after us. And they go, <laughs> he thinks that elections are in the are the will of the people. Honestly, this actually to me, the way that they're acting makes me almost certain that they steal elections. That's yeah. the like the, the the reason why dictatorships act this way is because they'll get away with it because they're never held accountable. Mm -hmm. I mean and that that's the scariest part. Yeah, it's it's hard to see how they could be this essentially dumb. And that's, that's what's, that's why I'm, that's why I feel like it wasn't something done. It was something done that they thought had a high degree of success. They thought this was going to be successful. Like, I feel like that has to be what they were operating on. Yeah. I, I, I mean, unless 
it is possible that they could just be so dumb as to think like the people will love it. <laughs> Maybe. Again, I, I feel that is a, that's too much. It's too much for me. I just can't, I can't believe they would do this and not be um, cognizant that this was going to be unpopular. They, there's, there's no way they didn't realize this was going to be politically um, risky. So I feel like you, I, like I have to go into this thinking they did think it was going to be politically risky, but they felt they had some assurance that it wasn't going to hurt them. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and what this means is that like, we, we really, really, really need to make sure that logical election laws are passed in every single state that people are Mm -hmm. volunteering to be poll watchers, that people are, you know, that, that the people are pressuring the Republican party to have a legitimate game plan, you know, lawyers to contact when, when crazy stuff is going on. And at the same time, we can't give in to any of the dumbassery of however they're going to try to make everything be mail-in voting so they can just stuff ballot boxes with, you know, uh, ballots that they printed out. Yeah. Because, sure. I mean, it, if they didn't steal the 2020 election, they're sure as hell going to steal the next ones because, you know, this is that situation where it's like, oh my God, if we lose, we're all going to be hung from trees, you know, or lampposts right. or whatever. Like, you just, like, this is, we, because, for well, for two reasons. Number one, people are going to want to look into this. Yeah. And, and, and there's... I'll reiterate this. There is zero way, zero circumstance that something this big did not go to the desk of the president of the United States. Zero way. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden knew that this was happening. Joe Biden approved this. Zero chance in hell he was not consulted on this. Zero. I agree. So... All of these people are going to be investigated. It's going to be insane. But the other part of it too, the Rubicon has been crossed. Democrats are going to spend the next however many months, maybe even year, defending the FBI raiding the house of a foreign uh, of a former president. That is now, like everything else, that is now no longer something that is insane to think about and something that is unprecedented. The precedent has been set. Right. Okay. I would say there is a, a little bit of conversation we had is on if Donald Trump was illegally storing top secret information at his house, would this raid have been justified? Because I'm sure that's what people on the left are going to point at and say, well, but what if a bad thing was happening? How do you know this is politically motivated? We can claim that anytime we wish, but how how do we know this was politically motivated? I guess it'd be a, a good example because I can see this coming up that, well, how do we know it was politically motivated? Like you're saying this, but that's simply because, you know, we have a guy with a D next to his name in office. Because... DOJ lawyers had already been at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> FBI agents had already been at Mar-a-Lago. 
they they were getting the things that they wanted. They were getting the things that they were asking for, and they could have just as easily sent a subpoena. But instead, they did a raid with a warrant. Okay. So so because they could have easily just subpoenaed these things, they did a they did a raid. Yep. Yeah. Now, is there so if a Republican does a raid on a Democrat, are we? People are going to claim, well, is that politically motivated? So how could, how are, how do we know it's politically motivated versus not just not? Well, I think what so I mean this is this is the thing, right? Um, I don't need to answer that question, and let let me explain. Right. You're like, well, is it politically motivated now that President Trump is raiding Joe Biden's house? No, it doesn't matter. You defended that. It's okay now. That would be my answer. No, that's okay now. We do that now. Mm. He's defending democracy, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's what I mean by the Rubicon has been crossed. It doesn't matter if it's politically motivated. It's okay now. The liberals said it was fine. I, see. I, okay. I know that's not the country we want to live in, but it is. Because the left is going to keep doing it and us not doing it isn't going to stop the left from doing it. I see. Okay, so basically mm-hmm. what you're what you're saying is that politically motivated things are just fine now. Because our enemies are using that tool, we can't just avoid it. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean we we can, we have the option to do so. It's just what I'm what I'm saying here is when you do something that is unprecedented like this, you have now opened the door to your opposition doing the same thing because you have sure. just justified it. And so what is the op- like let's let's say the Republican Party does a Republican president decides to raid Biden's house or Obama's or Clinton's, you know, like who the hell there's plenty to find for yeah. any of those people, right? Um let's say that they do it. Does that change? Does that move the needle for a Republican voter? Is a Republican voter going to be like, "Oh, that's gross. I hate it, man." And is a de- or or are you know like a Democrat voter is going to sit there and be like, "Well, I think that it's completely bullshit that you're doing this." Be like, "Yeah, but you defended it when they did it against Trump." Mm-hmm. It'll be like, "Well, but that was different," and that's I, I think that's part of the play here is get people to argue about what's different about it rather than argue about that it happened. Because in the part for the Republican party where it gets difficult in some ways or not in some ways, but if you want to, if you want to go by examples and and things like that, which is understandable, um, Donald Trump didn't raid Hillary Clinton's house. Right. They were upset because people were chanting lock her up. But need I remind you, Donald Trump, in fact, didn't lock her up. True. Though all of his supporters would have been fine with it. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference there. Now, do I think that the Republican Party should go raid the estates of former presidents? No, I don't. But I think it's going to be a pretty hard argument for the uh, Democrats now to turn around and say, uh, I can't believe you did this. I think that's kind of the point sure. I'm trying to make. And it, I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's like, oh, my gosh, here they are screaming hypocrisy. OK, 
Like, what, what do you want us to do? Because we also have, you know, we also have to look at the fact that these people are so incredibly corrupt and there is a double standard of justice. And the double standard is less that Democrats get away with everything. And it's more that Republicans are consistently cowards when they're in power. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, sure. So, you know, Hillary Clinton committed a bunch of crimes and she was pr- buying influence, you know, and there were a bunch of foreign donors for her campaign. But we don't want to look like we're mean. Because I did see a lot of people that were, you know, posting right. stuff like Hillary Clinton went out and literally gloated. Uh, had a picture of her wearing a but her emails hat right after the Trump raid, which I don't know how you interpret that aside from what an idiot. I got away with it. What a loser. Sure. Now, I want I, I, I want to point that out because people were like, you know, Donald Trump didn't raid Hillary Clinton's house, even though she had like thousands upon or tens of thousands of classified emails to include emails that were on Anthony Weiner's laptop because she was sending them to her hate Huma Abedin. Yeah. My response to that was maybe he should have, and we wouldn't be here. Yeah, I can understand that. But I understand, I, I understand the point you're making here is, is, you know, is it going to be, if if we're going if we're going to have the statement that this is ridiculous and a complete abuse of power, then if we want to be consistent, we can't also abuse that power. Is that kind of what you're? Well, mostly it's we're making this claim that it was politically motivated, mm-hmm. going after Trump. And I think that's a relatively good claim, but how would we? How will we? How could we know that something is politically motivated versus an actual law enforcement? operation like is there like how can we if i was trying to talk to a liberal about this Mm -hmm. how would i how would i convince them that it was in fact politically motivated i mean besides like pointing out all like this is which which investigation is this Mm -hmm. no you know what i mean like how many how many investigations have there been in Trump in, into Trump? If 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 I if I gave this this theoretical liberal, if I gave them a if I did a documentary, let's say, on random black guy, and say that you know uh, he bought a piece of land uh, that the sheriff wanted, uh, but he ended up getting it. He wanted an auction. Uh, then. The next thing you know, uh, he got pulled over uh, for having a taillight out. And then uh, since he had a taillight out, they uh, searched his car. And after that, when they searched his car, they uh, realized that he had, I don't know, that's, um, I'm trying to think it's something random. Like uh, he had some prescription medication. It was prescribed to him, but it was in a bag and it wasn't in the bottle. And that's technically not legal. You're not supposed to carry medicine like that. Um, so then he had to go to court. And the judge, you know, uh, wouldn't let him bring in his prescription to even show that he had a valid prescription. Um, and then he was investigated for a year and a half and it cost him, you know, thousands of dollars that he really didn't have. Um, and it, it nearly bankrupted him. Um, but he, he was, he did end up winning his court case, you know, nothing was found and he went about his business. 
Um, but then, uh, you know, his car broke down and he couldn't really fix it. So he put it, you know, he parked it in his, uh, you know, off on the side of his driveway and he ended up having to like borrow a friend's car and was using that. And the, uh, HOA got upset. And so the HOA started fining him because he had a car in his lawn. And then that predicated to the police getting involved. You know what I mean? I build this entire case. They would be like, that man is obviously being targeted because somebody's angry with him. They would agree if I literally took everything that's happened to Trump and put it on anybody else. Okay. Because it's just one thing after another, after another, after another. And they never, I think the easiest way to point it out is they never find anything. Russiagate, they found nothing. The impeachments, what what came out of the impeachment trials? What did, what did we learn? What was so amazing from the impeachment trials? Like, oh, yeah. like I, I, I understand the point you're making, but I'm, I'm at the point now where it's like, if somebody, if some random liberal were to come up to me and be like, I don't think it's politically motivated. It's just, I can't have a conversation with you because we live in two different realities. We believe in two different truths at this point. I can't fathom somebody who looks at this and doesn't say like, of course this is politically motivated. How do you not think that? The only liberal that I would be willing to have a conversation with is somebody who says, I don't care whether it's politically motivated. We need to get Trump. Yeah. That person, and the reason why I would be okay having a conversation is because that person is honest. Anybody who says that this isn't politically motivated is arguing in bad faith. Sure. I don't know. Am I I crazy? (laughs) No, I I think that's actually, that's the good point. Anyone who says it's not politically motivated is arguing in bad faith, especially because they didn't find anything and a lot of the other issues, they could have just subpoenaed it. They, the fact they needed to do a raid, the fact that they haven't said anything, or at least maybe what the, the argument I'd make is this, is based on what we know now, there is a more, it, it is more reasonable to assume that this was politically motivated to affect the outcome of the 2024 election than it was any actual concern about classified information. Because yeah. the FBI clearly does not care about classified information based on how they handled the Hillary Clinton thing. They don't care about that, but they care, in, but they do care about ruining Trump. And I think the the way I would describe it is it is more likely that this is politically motivated than it this, this is actually a real issue of national security. Yeah. No, no, and and you know, it, it sucks because I would love to give good advice on, you know, when debating liberals, here's the good argument. <sighs> We're at a point now where it's just like, is like, how is this politically motivated? Uh, look at it. You know, that is all I have. Sure. You know, that, that is all I have. And it's paperwork. You rated purportedly, by the way. And I know you keep saying they didn't find anything. Your baseline of that is we would, we would have already heard about it. They would have used it to defend it. They're going to find something and then they're going to try to rationalize the raid on whatever that thing is. Of course, um, you know, one of the statements I keep hearing is, why do you want the surveillance turned off? Is it so you could plant something? 
And that's the other aspect of this too. So suddenly law enforcement doesn't do bad things. Law enforcement, like law enforcement doesn't plant drugs on people or, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, th this is the ACAB movement we're debating with. All cops are bastards, right? Right. But, you know, that that is that is the crazy part is you, you take a look at stuff like this and yeah, like do... I don't think that we're in a position where I have to prove that it was politically motivated. I think because I'm not in the government and because Joe Biden is the president of the United States and Merrick Garland is the attorney general, it is incumbent on them to prove to me that this wasn't politically motivated. I don't owe Democrats an explanation why I think it was political they owe me an explanation why it wasn't because this is a guy that they have targeted ever since he came down that escalator at Trump Tower. Why is this one not another politically motivated investigation just to try to destroy Trump? I have a myriad of statements from Democrat politicians that make it painfully obvious that their intent is just to destroy Trump, that their intent is to make sure he can't run again, and that they don't want him in office. And they've lied. Yeah. I'm still waiting for Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff has promised that he had evidence that Donald Trump colluded with the Russians. A senator, right. a sitting senator member of the Intelligence Committee, the Senate Intelligence Committee, said that he had evidence that Trump colluded with the Russians, never once produced it. So he lied. He lied yeah. about evidence. Kevin Kleinsmith, the attorney for the FBI, lied about evidence to a FISA court to get a FISA warrant on Carter Page. He falsified evidence yeah. and removed the fact that Carter Page had contacted the CIA about being contacted by Russian by a, a, a couple of Russians, and the CIA told him to keep up his contact and report back, and, and he did so. Kevin Kleinsmith removed that from the documents when he went to get a FISA warrant on Carter Page. By the way, he got a slap on the wrist. And just this week, just so you all know, the DC bar reinstated him in good standing. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Ju just so you know, a lawyer falsified evidence on a warrant and the DC bar reinstated him in good standing. Why? Because he did it for the right side. It's okay that he falsified evidence. It's okay. He did that because his heart was in the right place. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have to prove that these people are corrupt. They need to prove to me that they're not. Oh, exactly. And I think that is a, that's another big factor is the corruption in all of these bureaucracies seems so deep and systemic. It is more likely to assume that they are operating on a political motive than for a realistic motive. Well, plus, to be honest, I think all Americans should always, always approach their government with skepticism. I think that's healthy. I certainly don't want to live in a country where we just assume the government's not out to get us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the consistent funny joke, right? There's a, there's a comedian, uh, Tom Segura, 
who he talks about true crime dramas and things like that. And one of the things is he talks about getting a lawyer. Like you just, you need to get a lawyer. You always need to get a lawyer. And he does this whole thing where it's like, I'm just going to go talk to the police and, and we're going to like, they're, 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 you know, I'm just going to work this whole thing out. I'm going to go talk to the cops and, and we're going to get this whole thing worked out. And he just goes, you're going to do 25 to life. Yeah. It's like, that's a meme. <laughs> like, yeah, no. Yeah. Like, like you don't just assume. And I'm shocked that the liberals even do, but they just assume that the government's heart is in the right place. Come on. Right. But, but that, and that is the thing is, is like, I, I understand what Alan's trying to do. It's a really good thought exercise. And maybe I'm just not intelligent enough to, to really address the question. I don't think it's incumbent on us to prove that it was politically motivated. I think when I take a look at an attorney general who lost his Supreme court seat to Don, because of Donald Trump and a president, uh, you know, the president of the United States who is literally destroying America around us and is going to lose his ass in the next election. I don't think that I need to prove to anybody that this was politically motivated. They need to prove to me that it wasn't. Yeah, fair enough. So, I just know that I'm I know that I'm going to get that question. Ah, uh, yeah, I know, I know. Um and I know it's going to infuriate me that the people I talk to are going to refuse to acknowledge that that's real reality. Well, and that's because their primary their primary directive in everything is to gaslight. It's always right. to gaslight. It's like, well, you need I need some facts. Like, what what do you, what do you want me to do? Go find like, am I supposed to like? Oh, here in this uh, memorandum uh, where it says we're absolutely doing this for politics. Yeah, like, come on. Just like be be realistic for it, and and that's the problem is the and the question itself is in bad faith. And honestly, my my response is dumb is dumb and maybe a little bit of a like boomery as this may sound. My response back is if you saw a black man having this many investigations after him, you would absolutely say that law enforcement was targeting him. Yeah, and that's that's I think that's a pretty good uh, a pretty good analysis there. Yeah. Like if it were a black guy and he was getting all of this shit, you would say that a bunch of racist officers were targeting him. Why are we having this conversation? If it was, if it was one of your people, you would say that it was politically motivated. Right. So, and that's the problem is, and that's the point is, is that that's where we live. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Certainly wild. Well, that's going to have to be it for the show because we are at time, but we will be sure to be here. Uh, we will not be here. I'll be here next week. Uh, Alan is going to be going on a wonderful vacation. Um, yes. And so uh, we'll be putting that out, but be sure to always, always, always go to subscribestar.com forward slash wrong think radio, where you can become a subscriber and support our program. And of course, follow us on social media, wherever, where just look for wrong think radio um, other than that, if you have any other questions, you can always send us an email contact at wrongthinkradio.com. I'm Aaron from the East Coast. I'm Alan from the West Coast. And this is Wrong Think Radio. We'll see you all next week.